It's Monday, May 2nd, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann, from Duke Street, Rich Griefner, and from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager. Guys, good to see you. Hey, Howdy. We've got Berkshire Hathaway's annual meeting to dig into, but we will start with, obviously, the big news of the day, which is the death of Osama bin Laden. Wait, wait, what? Yes, uh, yeah. If you, if you, uh, <laughs> For those of you who may not have seen a newspaper, turned on a TV, turned on a radio... And, I think it was on Sesame Street today. ...and ignored the internet, uh, Bill Mann... Obviously, this is a business show. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on sort of what you think this means for investors. You've traveled extensively, including the Middle East. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it probably means some. It takes a little bit of the uh, the, the the edges of the tail off the table. Uh, Bin Laden was an organizer, and he was also a guy who brought tremendous financial resources to you know to Al Qaeda. Um, but other than that, he. Al-Qaeda really has become a lot more irrelevant in the Middle East over the last six months with the revolutions, the peaceful revolutions in, in Egypt, uh, in Tunisia, you know, uh, all of these, all, all the countries where really change is coming in a way that Al-Qaeda did not predict and was is somewhat irrelevant to. So um, obviously, he's not the only crazy guy in the world. And mm-hmm. so I don't know that it lowers our, you know, the risk of terrorism, but it 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 does take a big player off the table. And so I think it's just great to feel great for a day about something. Yeah, yeah. And certainly when you see the footage on TV, I mean, there was there was a lot of that right across the river over in Washington, D.C., you know, people in front of the White House. Um, all right, let's move on to Berkshire Hathaway's annual meeting. Uh, Joe Mager, Rich Griefner, you guys were there. You were, you've been in Omaha for the past few days. Um, Joe, let me start with you. What's your headline of the weekend? Sokol Gate is over. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. So, so the backstory there, right, is that David Sokol, who was widely considered, including by me, uh, to be Buffett's heir apparent as CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, committed something that may or may not have been insider trading. Uh, that's getting worked out by lawyers. But what is pretty clear is that he violated Berkshire's trading policies mm-hmm. and Buffett's trust. And all tenets of common sense. Well, that, that too. <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> Why, just because he bought shares of a company and then recommended that company to Buffett? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, but anyway, it's, you know, it's dominated the news. That's been this huge story. But at the meeting, you could see that uh, Warren and Charlie addressed it quickly, right out of the gate. But right after that, they pretty much moved on. And that ultimately kind of reflects the real story here, that Berkshire is just going to move on. It's just a speed bump. Uh, Rich, what about you? Do you, you agree with that, or was there sort of a secondary headline for the weekend? I do think that's the primary headline. Uh, the secondary headline, I think the reason why Sokolgate was such a big deal in the first place is you look at Warren, you look at Charlie. Warren's 80 going on 81. Charlie's in his late 80s. And you see, you know, there there might be a, a real need for a successor here. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, seeing them in person, I don't think we need to worry about that for the foreseeable future. I mean, these guys are lively. They're active. I mean, that, that meeting lasted, what, six hours, Joe? We were fading by hour three <laughs> yeah. or hour four. They were still with it, you know, batting one-liners to each other the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was I mean, say- Buffett literally still walks with a pep in his step. He was moving quicker than us. So, I mean, paint the picture for me here. Is this is this at the Quest Center? This is like Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett sitting up on stage just taking questions for hours on end? Yeah, with a totally packed house. It's a pretty surreal thing to see, actually. And I'm going to say, Munger, I'll set the over-under on five pounds of peanut brittle that he downed <laughs> over the course of the meeting. That well, dude can pack it away. Well, look, I mean, if you're going to sit up on a stage and take 
questions for six hours, you're going to need a little something to you're sustain gonna need, you. You're going to need a little, a little, a little glucose, a little sucrose. Warren Buffett uh, is known for, among other things, his sense of humor. But Charlie Munger, his longtime right-hand man, uh, Joe, um, you'd written something where you you included uh, some of the quotes here um, uh, from Charlie Munger uh, in response to a question on gold. There's something peculiar about an asset that will only go up if the world goes to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I love Charlie. Was that his best one-liner? I would say that was that was pretty high on my list. I really like the Donald Trump one, too, where he's, someone asked about his opinion. He's like, obviously, I think he's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was pretty good, too. I mean, Charlie's a great one. Great weekend factory. for Donald Trump, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when you're an 87-year-old billionaire, you can pretty much say whatever you want. Right. I think he's living the dream. But uh, to the gold point, uh, Buffett went out of his way to just bash gold and commodities yeah. investing. He came back to it once or twice it's out of the blue. What was the biggest surprise of the weekend? I mean, that Warren Buffett would bash gold is not necessarily a surprise. What do you think was the biggest surprise? Well, there was a great question about if Warren and Charlie had another 50 years ahead of them, what sectors would they expand their circles of competence into? And Warren said tech, and Charlie said tech and energy. And that was pretty fascinating because these guys are, you know, almost famous for making themselves out to be troglodytes. <laughs> and it was just really interesting to see that. And, you know, Charlie is well known to be a lover of Google, for example, and actually chatted up a book in the Plex that just came out, which I've read, and it's fantastic. And it's about Google and, and their technology and how they think. The energy point was really interesting to me because if you think about it, to get back to David Sokol, that was one of the most successful investments they ever had when they bought Mid-American Energy, which is a utility that also owns natural gas. You know, and Charlie Charlie Munger was the one who brought uh, the Chinese electric engine company BYD to uh, mm-hmm. to Berkshire. So they've done a lot of energy investing, and so for him to say that he feels like that's an area where they would want to get more up to speed on, to me, was really interesting. Yeah, and notably, they're going after companies that uh, deliver on this instead of the actual commodity producers yeah. themselves. Uh, Warren Buffett also went out of his way to take a shot at uh, uh, some of the financial institutions. Um, uh, in a question on bailout, said, "I think that any institution that requires bailing out by society should see its CEO and its spouse left dead broke." That's that's. Uh, I-, I thought he was going to stop it dead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that got that got some pretty good applause. To get back to the sort of the relationship between Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, obviously they're they're longtime colleagues, they're great friends, um, and certainly some great, as you said, Joe, some great one-liners going back and forth. Sometimes at the expense of one another. Um, uh, uh, as a Johnson and Johnson shareholder, um, I was interested in when Buffett got a question on J and J's recent. $21 billion purchase of uh, Synthes, this medical device company, and he, he kind of shot it down a little bit because, you know, he wanted to see them, uh, you know, pay more cash, that sort of thing. And uh, Charlie Munger's response was, yeah, but you know a whole lot more about chocolate and pizza than you do about medical devices. Yeah. I mean, is Warren taking any offense to that? Well, I don't think it was said maliciously. It was, no, I know, no, they, but, they but take still. a lot of shots at each other. I mean, they're they're obviously very, very good friends, and it's all in good fun. You know, the one thing, someone who wasn't there but was following your Twitter feed, uh, Rich made a comment at one point that said that uh, the two disagreed somewhat vehemently about India, which is where uh, Warren was just this last month. So I'd be interested to hear you know, what uh, What the details there were. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right, Bill. And, and just to set this up a little bit, uh, this was at the press conference. 
And -hmm. basically, at the press conference, just about every foreign reporter asked, you know, Mr. Buffett, I'm from country XYZ, would you consider investing in a company in my country? And Buffett's answer was invariably, yes, (laughs) you know, at the right price, I would invest anywhere. So, you know, a reporter from India comes up, asks the question. Buffett says, sure, I'd invest in India. I love India. Uh, Munger says, I don't know that he said no, but he was a lot less sanguine about India's prospects. He called the country uh, too bureaucratic. And uh, he re- True. Well, yes, but Warren <laughs> neglected to mention that. And uh, Munger really seems to prefer China to India because in China, he said they will just move you out of the way and construct a highway where your house used to be. And he said that was the right move for society. Uh, just to wrap up on Berkshire Hathaway's annual meeting, um, as you said, Joe, uh, uh, as of a few months ago, David Sokol was seen by a lot of people as the likely successor to Warren Buffett. Yeah. Um, who is that person now? Who Who is the likely successor? So the most widely known is Ajit Jain. Uh, Ajit heads up the insurance operations at Berkshire. Very, very highly thought of. Uh, Charlie and Warren sing his praises at any opportunity they get. Uh, kind of the dark horse candidates are Matt Rose, who runs Burlington Northern, which they acquired a year ago, and Greg Abel, who was Dave Sokol's number two in Mid-American and has been well-spoken of for a long time. Bill, what do you think of those candidates? Well, I think any one of them would be solid. I mean, the one thing that, Bu- that Buffett has said is that the job will be split, so you're probably going to have an investor and a uh, and a manager. And so I think those guys who are all within the Berkshire sphere are legitimate candidates. Sokol was a year ago, though. I mean, we have to... We, you Sokol know. was a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, exactly. But a year ago now, yeah. when you were at the meeting, we came out saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be Sokol or Jane. So... I think he's pretty smart not to actually say. Well, one one comment Buffett made that I thought was interesting is, uh, you're right, the, the next CEO will come from inside the Berkshire family. So someone like uh, so, someone like uh, Tom Gaynor from Markle is probably not going to be a candidate. Yeah, if, you, if you're counting on a dark horse CEO candidate, you know, I'll, I'll take the other side of that bet. All right, Rich Grafner, Joe Mager, Bill Mann. Guys, thanks for being here. Cheers. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.